Hi, welcome back to Old Enough for Fairy Tales. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Anna. Today I realized when my bookish obsession started. So I was talking to a friend and I sent him a like meme thing that said you can't have too many books if you consider your whole house a bookshelf. And he was like, absolutely not. And I was like, oh, I remember a book I read when I was little about this this little girl who loved to read and she collected books and collected books and talks about her getting older and every time like she'd buy books instead of food. And eventually when she got older, her whole house was so full of books she couldn't get out. And I was like, what is the name of that that book? So I had to look it up and it's called The Library by Sarah Stewart. And uh when I, I sent the book cover and like the blurb and uh, he informed me that that's the book that shaped your entire future. And I was like, <laughs> you're not wrong. That's so true. <laughs> it's such a cute book though. It rhymes and yes, it's adorable. I love it. Aww, that's so, so cute. Recommend it. All right. So this week we are going to talk a little bit about recent reads but Anna's going to talk about some books that she's hoping to read in the future. Yes, because this past couple weeks got a little crazy and I've read like half a book, that, <laughs> which is a reread. So, yeah. That's okay. It That's is okay. what it is. <laughs> yeah. And then for our bookish discussion, we're going to dive into even more books that are on our TBR. And if you've read any of them, let us know what you think. Let us know if they shouldn't be on our TBR or what you think of them <laughs> or if you love them. <laughs> If there's a reason we shouldn't read them. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you'll want to put them on your TBR too. So we'll go through a few different genres for that. But first of all, I will talk about a book that I've read recently. So I read a book called The Gilded Wolves by Roshani Chakshi. This is a very popular book. Very, very, very popular. It's got that pretty cover that's like dark green leaves. Some of the covers have Paris in the background, but it has like the the gold gate kind of spiraling around it. You've seen the cover. I showed it mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. It's so lovely. It's so lovely. And I saw it in Goodreads yesterday. Yeah. Yes, it's beautiful. I think my cover, I think this is the hardcover um, cover, but mine was a paperback. So it kind of has like the Eiffel Tower in the background, but it's very similar. This book is set in 1889 in Paris. And... Basically, within Paris, there are these different orders, and they're called the Orders of Babel. So um, it basically kind of takes the Tower of Babel story and twists it into a fantasy version. Um, I do want to say there are certain things that um, take the story of the Tower of Babel and fantasize it and change it. And um, that's the story from the Bible, which is... Um, and it, it's very changed within that. So that bothered me a little bit, but there was only one part that made me uncomfortable because the rest of it doesn't really talk about the Tower of Babel that much and more like there's only mm. one part that they pretend like the history is different and the, you know, the story that's told is different. Um, but other than that, it's really just loosely based on it. And um it's about these different orders and how they kind of are like they kind of rule society in Paris. So the main character, he um, his name is Severin. I don't know if it's pronounced Severin or Saberin because the E has like an accent. Okay. But yeah, but he used to be the head of an order or he grew up, you know, 
being the heir of it and he was um tricked into like they do a test to make sure his blood is like actually that you know and he was basically conned out of being the head of the order and he Ooh. was um like named as a fake basically and cast out but he is a hotelier so he owns this hotel this amazing fancy hotel and he has this found family oh this is such a good fan found family story and it's kind of has six of crows vibes in that sense of like it's found family but we're going on heist and we're committing committing criminal acts and we're like <laughs> working together and there's a lot of like arguments and um there's a lot of magic it's it, like the magic system i think is beautiful the writing in this book is just absolutely stunning and so basically um him and his gang which are all oh my goodness they're all so distinct they're all so flavorful and interesting and have their own you know twists of you know trauma and <laughs> their um, own unique trauma yeah <laughs> they all want different things too but they're all working together so he um and his whole team they um are searching for something very particular that has to do with like the these orders of paris and um they kind of get duped <laughs> by one of the heads of the order so they they kind of get pulled into this deal with them and it's so funny because the head of this order he kind of joins them and um Severin and him were like childhood friends but they haven't been since then obviously but this guy he's like <laughs> he really wants to be friends with them but he doesn't know what friendship is so he's like really like oh my goodness this is what friendship is like we're hanging out as friends <laughs> and he's like obsessed with that but they are they're all like they think that they're supposed to hate him and especially one of them in particular why does this give me that episode of leverage with the um the rehab one with the guy who likes tacos do you remember and he's like the super nice familiar. guy and then they they put him in rehab and then nate's in rehab too do you remember yeah. that episode i don't <laughs> i do all you had to do is give the man a taco oh um, yeah yeah, that's, that's it, I don't know. That's what it made me think of because there's Harley, yeah. like, sounds like that guy. It's like, this is friendship. And it's like, yeah. not really. They're cons. Well, it's funny because he's incredibly, like, he's kind of sadistic. <laughs> okay, that's not Harley. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, he he's kind of heartless, but he's also so much fun. And he's very um, lovable somehow, but like the whole crew was like, we're not supposed to like this guy, but he's like totally he's so easy to fall for. So um, yeah, they're all so much fun and they have to infiltrate this huge party in Paris, which is so fun. And one of them is like this engineer and another one is more of a thief and another one is a historian, I think. And there's just... Oh my goodness, there's such variety and it's all like filled with magic and fun and um, definitely not a super clean, easy, <laughs> sensitive, you know, soft kind of fantasy. It's harsher and gritty. Yeah, it's definitely a little grittier. <laughs> but I love this book. I think it's magical and the characters I would... I love them. Although some of the the ending made me super mad, so I'm excited to read. I think it's a duology, so I'm going to read the second one. 
But nice. I'm not happy with their decisions at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's mm. the worst. It's like the end of the series. And you're like, well, this was disappointing. <laughs> oh, I know. I hope the second one fixes the mistakes they made at the very end. <laughs> like, you idiots. I know. <laughs> so my hopeful read mm-hmm. for um, the next couple weeks is this book called um, Authentically Izzy by Pepper Basham, I think is how you say your last name. Um, I have heard so many good things about this book. It is, I think, like a rom-com-y-ish book, but it has, like, um, Jane Austen vibes with it. Yeah, so she gets, like, matched up by her cousin with this guy. Um, It's like a retelling of some Jane Austen book, and it just sounds super cute. And, I mean, she's a reader. She's romantic and it just sounds so cute and beautiful Aww. and the cover is pretty and i literally picked it, it up because like three people on instagram said it was adorable and they loved it um, <laughs> one is a friend who's super picky about what she reads and so when she said she absolutely loved it and i was like okay it's going on my list yes <laughs> um and it's just it's such, such a pretty book and i'm excited to read it because it's i love rom-coms and i love matchmaking and yeah re- like characters who are like book nerds are always super yes. fun so oh that's so yeah. sweet again i don't know much about it but i picked it up because it sounded amazing so once i read it i'll tell you all if it's good i'm excited to hear your thoughts i have so many books like this episode. people people say they're good and so I'm like okay i'll buy it and then it sits on my shelf for three years and i eventually <laughs> get to it <laughs> anyways so authentically izzy by pepper basham very cool the next recent read I want to talk about, I just finished yesterday, and this is The Tenant of Wildfell Hall by Anne Bronte. I haven't really immersed myself in a classic in a little while, and I love I love reading a good classic. I, I can't do it all the time, but um, I listened to this one, and I liked it because there was a female narrator and a male na- narrator, because the main character is male. But yes. there's a huge, like, over half of the book is the female character's diary for a very good reason that I won't spoil. But so that part is told in her perspective. So it's not like when the male narrator is narrating and the female speaks, the female is narrating. It's not that. I mean, they speak fully for each of their parts. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed that because I've noticed that classics are very often narrated by females especially classics Mm. written by females and so Mm. I really appreciated that Anne Bronte wrote from a male perspective and didn't feel limited to writing from a female perspective just because Mm -hmm. that's so you know that was so popular and so and I believe Wuthering Heights which is Emily Bronte her sister I think that's also from a male perspective don't look at me (laughs) <laughs> no well there's a there's a male main character but it might be a female perspective but also Wuthering Heights is amazing so it there's kind of like this Bronte vibe that you know Jane Eyre Wuthering Heights the Tenet of Wildful Hall they're all a little bit darker than you know Jane Eyre or something like that but I love the Tenet of Wildful Hall it wasn't that dark actually but it was Jane Eyre it was honestly dark too though isn't it yeah a little bit? oh yeah yeah Jane Eyre is plenty dark <laughs> this is probably the least dark of the three but it they was lovely i loved this book it's basically about this man and he is 
the oldest son in, in this kind of country family. So he runs his family's farm and he has a sister and his brother is so sassy. And it's always, it's so funny to have like a sassy um, off color character in a classic. <laughs> he's like the comic relief, but you're like, this is a classic, but you're laughing out loud. So he's not in a ton of it, which makes me sad, but his name is Fergus. <laughs> And, and that's so funny to me. But Gilbert, it's fun to the main say, character. It's yeah. fun to say that name in like a Scottish accent. Fergus. <laughs> Anyways. There's this house, this hall called Wildfell Hall that's, you know, they're in the country, but it's it's somewhat nearby. And this new tenant moves in and hasn't been occupied in a long time. And it's this woman, um, so-called a widow, and her son. And she's very mysterious and no one knows about her past. She just moved into this hall with her son and her like housekeeper lady and no one knows about her and she's so different and strange and he doesn't like her at first and they it's kind like they kind of have a really bad first impression but then slowly (laughs) he becomes like best friends with this little six-year-old son which is so cute she's an artist so she's always sketching and painting and all of his friends like everyone else in the village is constantly gossiping about her and saying things and he starts to get defensive of her like why are you believing these things they aren't even true and she starts to she and him start to be like really good friends so it's really cool because at the beginning he is a little bit more frivolous a little bit more you know just charmed by by things that kind of repel him later and um and by the end of the book he's just grown so much and there's so much character development and there are also a lot of really great themes of forgiveness like forgiveness Mm -hmm. beyond all bounds and um like doing hard things and really hard family relationships and even things like alcoholism and neglect and um adultery like in huge like heavy topics but they're handled honestly so beautifully and so well in in this classic so yeah, that's the tenant of Wildfell Hall by Anne Bronte. So another one that I want to read is a dystopian standalone by Tabitha. I'm going to butcher her last name. Kaplinger, I think is how you say it. Tabitha Kaplinger. Um, and it's called The Wayward. And um, I'm just going to read the back blurb this time because okay. instead of trying to explain it. <laughs> that's fine. So Wilder James has spent her entire life in Beartooth, secluded from the, I'm going to pronounce this name wrong too, Nekinen, whatever, something (laughs) in their doom city where most of humanity resides. Content to keep her distance within the confines of her rustic community, she desires nothing more than to live out her years with her husband, Declan, in their simple mountain home. But when an unexpected tragedy rips apart her dreams and intruders pull her from the safety of her camp and into a dark reality, she discovers the shocking truth. The Nessians, I think I say it, are not bringers of peace. They're harbingers of death. Now Wilder must decide if she will protect only herself and her people or risk everything to try to free all of humanity. She is armed with the one thing her people have always had, faith. Will it be enough? Will it? Will it be enough? And it just, uh, it's so good. I won this one um, in a giveaway. I wanted to read a Tabitha Kaplan book for a while. So I am very excited to start this at some point in the near future. That sounds good. Uh And it's a standalone, which is nice, because then you don't have to commit to, like, a three-book series. So now we're going to list some of our favorite books from um, some of our favorite genres. And I had a lot for YA fantasy. (laughs) I'm just being honest. I I had a pick, too. But, gosh, I have 
most of my enclave collection is uh <laughs> ya fantasy so the first one is um enhanced by candace cade um i this came out in march and i've wanted i had an arc, but life got crazy and i didn't get to read it but this one is about a girl her society kind of determines people's destiny by their dna and so there are some that have like powers and some that don't and this girl lee urban has like special dna and she has to hide it from the world and so this is book one in the series and it just sounds so fun it's like a um that looks fun yeah like mutant type story and so um i'm excited to read this one it's pretty high up on my list so enhanced (laughs) (laughs) like i said it was high on my list in march but then life happened and i didn't get it read but it's fine right (laughs) hashtag food reader but yes so this is enhanced by candace cade so the YA fantasy book that I <laughs> is toward the top of my list. This is um kind of dark. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like fantasy horror, not like classic horror, like horror horror. This book is called The Girl in Red. It's by Christina Henry. It was published, I think, four years ago, but this is basically a post-apocalyptic kind of YA book. And it's kind of a retelling of Little Red Riding Hood. And it's about these woods. um, And it's kind of, you know, after the apocalypse. So, But the woods are super dangerous. And um, it's about this woman who who, I think she lives in the woods. And um, she is alone and trying not to... be destroyed (laughs) i was like trying not to die (laughs) the whole there's like quarantine camps and this sounds really like terrifying but i'm just so intrigued i can't help it the cover is so cool and it has good really good ratings so kind of spooky if i ever read this i might come back and say like well that was terrifying (laughs) (laughs) don't read it (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it is on my list (laughs) That's The Girl in Red by Christina Henry. So my next YA fantasy is one that I need to read for reasons, but it's called Vivid by Ashley. Oh, I'm going to butcher her last name. Boostamont. I actually met her at Realm Makers last year. She's like the sweetest human. Um, But her story is about a girl who she lives in a world where colors are magic and the yellow magic is like banned to protect people but then she ends up like teaming up with a rogue yellow magic user um and has to like save the world or whatever with him (laughs) and so um that's fun this is book one um book two comes out soon i think i pre-ordered it i can't remember but i haven't read this one yet (laughs) but yeah this one's really really high i think it might actually be my next read Again, for reasons that I can't talk about. But I got it signed by the author, which is just my favorite Aww, thing. That is so nice. I loved signed Yay. copies. So this YA fantasy, I I don't know if it's middle grade or YA. It sounds kind of middle grade, but Goodreads says it's also YA. But this book is called Circus Mirandus. It's by Cassie Beasley. Definitely less dark than my last TBR rec. <laughs> but it's about this boy named micah tuttle and his 
great aunt Gertrudis doesn't approve. Gertrudis? I know. <laughs> Which makes me think this is definitely a middle grade. But that sounds more middle grade, but you know. I, I do have a lot of adult fantasy on my, or young adult fantasy on my TBR, but since my bookshelves are all packed up for moving, I can't look at them. That's okay. So, so sad. I know. So great aunt Gertrudis doesn't approve of Micah's passion for magic and and exciting things but his grandfather who is dying tells him about this magical circus called circus mirandis and there's um all of the magical characters so there's like an invisible tiger and a bird woman and a magician and all of these different things and he i think micah finds out that the circus is real and he and a friend's out to find it so it just sounds enchanting and fun and just like a good time kind of like a fun summer comfort read yeah it could be on like the younger end of YA too because YA is such a broad range Mm -hmm. like 12 to 18 or even sometimes like 10 it's just such a broad category yes so could be on the younger end so now we're going to talk about some adult fantasy books that are on our tbr anna what's your first book okay so my first um adult fantasy is called dream of keens by sharon hink i love this author uh she has a trilogy called the dancing realms trilogy and it's oh that author book two changed my life it was like one of those books (laughs) i finished reading it and i just like held it against my chest and i'm like Anyways, and I refuse to read the third one because it's going to have pain and torment in it. Anywho, this one is a standalone um, called Dream of Keens, and it's a Joseph-esque retelling. The main character is a seer who uh, interprets dreams, and she ends up going on like this quest to to interpret like a nightmare um, warning, and she has to save her nation. It's like a glacier kingdom and it just oh. it's it sounds so beautiful and the cover is stinking gorgeous that is a lovely cover is it 99 percent of the books i pre-order from enclave are because of the covers i'm not gonna <laughs> lie that's why i pre-order them <laughs> being real being real they're just gorgeous what were you gonna say sorry is it set in like the time of joseph no it's a it's a oh, fantasy okay. retelling oh, okay. of the story of joseph so okay. it's beautiful and i love i love joseph is my favorite bible narrative ever i just i love it it's probably why i also love brother stories there's something so wholesome about it have you seen the new mario movie not yet andrew and abby went and saw it with the little and i haven't seen it yet they really like it it's a brother story too it's so good they're great so yes dream of kings by sharon hink okay my first Adult fantasy book on my TBR. I've had this for a while. I do have a physical copy of this, just stored away in a box, is Cloud <laughs> Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell. This is a very Oh, I've book. heard of this one. So this is an adult, kind of a classic fantasy, and I think it's a little older. Oh, okay, 2004. And this is very... Um, I think it's postmodern fantasy and there's a ton of different characters 
I believe it begins in the 19th century and then kind of travels through the end of the 20th century. And there's all of these different, really unique, interesting characters that come into play. And it goes all through time and space. And somehow it all ties together. I really don't know anything more. <laughs> Even reading the Goodreads synopsis, it's like, what is going on? What is happening? I know, but that makes me want to read it even more. So I've obviously heard amazing things about this this book and um yeah it just seems such like a fantasy classic that I can't avoid it forever and it's on my shelf now so <laughs> I have to read it what's your next one Anna this is book four in the Dorsarin saga oh no War of torment by Ronnie Tandig and I can't say much about this book without spoiling the first three but all I'm gonna say is the I feel like the title is like an app description and I'm very scared to read it but I need to read it to find out what happens but it is it is a chonky book it is like I think probably close to 500 uh 456 pages that's not that bad I am I'm scared about what she has planned for her characters there's like low-key a love triangle and the sides are very divided and I have a feeling I'm on the wrong side but it's okay. It'll be fine. We'll be good. <laughs> but it's a, it's like a space opera is what she describes it as. So there's the kingdom that the main character Marco is from is very fantasy-esque, which is why I picked it as a fantasy. But then there's also like Starfleets and war and time, space travel and all the fun stuff. So if you like sci-fi, if you like fantasy, it's got it all and it's it's one of those series that you almost want to read all at once, all four books, like back to back to back. So then you can track all the characters and all the places. And yeah, I feel like that described nothing. But War of Torment is on my list for adult <laughs> well, fantasy. A book called War of Torment kind of, I'm sure that will be tragic. <laughs> I'm not happy. I'm you so haven't scared. even read it yet. <laughs> I know, but I've had people like, people have read it who I trust. And they're like, you're not going to like it. And I'm like, oh, dear. But Ronnie is a masterful storyteller, and so I think by the end I'll be okay with it. But yeah, there's just a lot that I have strong feelings on for it. So anyways, War of Torment by Ronnie Kendig. Fun. So my next recommendation for your TBR is I have to show Anna the cover because this is also beautiful. It's called Other Birds. Ooh. So this is Other Birds by Sarah Addison Allen, and it is partly real life partly fantasy because it's set in south carolina off the coast on an island off the coast of south carolina and there's this old cobblestone building and it's named after these tiny turquoise birds who i think are magical and there's a woman who comes to claim her dead mother's house apartment something and she meets um the people the residents of this island and they're all like kind of quirky and interesting and mysterious and and then one of them dies dun, and then dun, there's dun. this big search and all of these different factors that come in it just sounds like really enchanting and interesting and kind of magical but there's not even that much magic i think it's still considered a fantasy though it so. sounds almost like a fantasy murder mystery yeah exactly so it sounds perfect fun. for like a cozy autumn night or something. Our next genre that we're going to pull some uh, books from our TBR from is YA fiction. Take it away, Anna. Yes. 
So I have The Summer We Forgot by Carolyn George. I have had this one on my list, I think for a year as well. I like, I, I love it. I pre-order books because I'm like, I'm going to read this one. And then it sits on my shelf for years. Anyways, this one is a YA murder mystery. These, this group of friends, they were friends in middle school and they go to summer camp and then their friend group kind of splinters apart and they come back together when their science teacher is found murdered at the camp and they have to solve the mystery, which I really should read because I have this idea for a murder mystery like <gasps> YA story which is super different from my like normal genre so I'm like I feel like I need to meet, read more mysteries so this one I should bump up on my TBR even higher than it is because it sounds amazing and everyone who's read it has loved it as well, along with Carolyn George's other book her like debut so yeah The Summer We Forgot by Carolyn George I just finished writing the third short story in my um music school murder mystery series they're all like 30 to 40 pages and this one they all take so much brain power because i can't like naturally just whip out a murder mystery but i know you have to like actually plot which i don't do <laughs> it's just so tangled and difficult so yeah i would say that reading mysteries definitely helps you to at least get in that mindset so you can get those gears turning you know yeah, which is why I'm reading rereading the Inheritance Games, and I watched Knives Out the other day so when I was good. sick. Um, you have to re you have to watch Glass Onion. Wow, we're really talking about movies in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Glass Onion's up there. I want to watch um, Death on the Nile, and I want to rewatch the Murder on the Orient Express, like the mm, new version so of it. So yeah, I think it's because I write. You catch plot twists earlier sometimes and if you're just yeah i like, agree like if you're reading a book with the editing eye on like i do it more when i'm editing already like one of my manuscripts and then you you read a book and you catch plot twists at least i do more mm -hmm. no because I, you're looking for them yeah you kind of have that it's not even feeling like you can solve things better it's more just getting in that writer's brain and saying like mm -hmm. okay well from a writer's perspective i think this would be like the most you know the most artistic or the most likely choice and that's often the correct one that's how i've gotten better at guessing things which also helps you write better mm -hmm. i think yeah I think so, too. It helps you kind of, like, take all of your first guesses and perspectives and then completely swap them and figure out how you can turn them on their heads. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, all right. One? My next YA contemporary, I don't remember where I saw this one, but Amazon had a deal on it and I ordered it. But it's called Buy the Book by Amanda Sellett. Um, it's a story about this girl named Mary who is a huge literary nerd she loves like classic literature and so she's going to a new school and making new friends and she sees her friends like falling for all the like the typical like guys in books right like the bat like the wickhams and the <laughs> whatever from literature and she's like they're they're crazy but then she finds herself falling for a supposed cad one she's like warned her friends away from because she's like he's just like this character in the book um <laughs> i think this is on my tbr too so she has to decide if she can admit that like real life doesn't follow like the rules of fiction um so it just sounds like a really cute like ya romance and the cover is yeah. like precious 
Yeah. And like, I love, I love this style of cover. <laughs> so yeah, it sounds really cute. And I've had it on my list for a while. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Amazon had like a deal where it was like eight bucks for the hardcover or something. So Ow. I'm like, I'm going to order it. Because I had it on my list for a while. So yeah, That's buy so the cool. book, buy Amanda Sell It. My next YA fiction, this is a very, this was huge for a little while. It came out in 2021 and it was very big. So you've probably heard of this book if you're into YA fiction, but it's called Not Here to Be Liked by Michelle. Wait, it's Q-U-A-C-H. So I have a journalism background and uh, that's what I study. That's kind of what I do for work. And so this book really pulls me in, but it's about, it's an enemies to lovers and it's a YA romance about, um, to you know a girl and a guy in high school and they're both running for editor of their school paper Ooh. which is so fun because I was editor of my college newspaper for a little while and so that's you know relatable and fun and different than a lot of YA setups but um the she kind of writes this essay because she's so upset because she has all these qualifications and the guy running against her isn't as qualified as her but he's still getting super popular and she kind of vents into this essay about it and so she accidentally starts a feminist movement and she's like oops and she didn't even mean to and now everyone's like you go girl she's like wait but that's not what I meant to do I just really want to be the editor like I don't actually (laughs) and so they obviously start to fall in love I'm assuming and it just sounds really fun so that's not here to be liked by Michelle Q so our next genre is adult fiction so this book is called Blue Moon Promise by Colleen Cobble. Um, Colleen Cobble writes a lot of like contemporary adult fiction, but this one is an historical fiction. And it's about this woman whose father is murdered. And so she heads out west um, for a marriage by proxy. So it's like an arranged marriage, which is my favorite trope. Anyways, um, she's got her younger brother and sister. And so she heads out west and marries this guy who was not expecting to get married to a woman with two kids in tow. Siblings, nonetheless. He doesn't think she's cut out to be like a rancher's wife, and she proves that she's tougher than he thinks, and I assume they have to figure out who murdered her father. Like, I'm assuming the dude comes after her, too. But it sounds so cute, and a friend recommended it to me, and I bought it. And it's been on my shelf for a while, which is a theme, apparently, <laughs> with my TBR. Um, but yeah, I Me got too. it. It was an arranged marriage, which is, I love that trope so much. Anyways, I know you do. It was always uh, like, arranged so marriage. Because <clears throat> it it's is like they trope. have to choose to love each other. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when it's enemies to lovers and arranged marriage, because they don't like each other, but they're stuck together. So like, well, we have to make this work. And there's just something so beautiful about choosing to love someone and learning more about them. So wow. sorry, that was my little soapbox about why I love arranged marriage. You're so inspiring. <laughs> it's your TED Talk for the day. So yes, Blue Moon Promise by Colleen Cobble. Awesome. It's on my TV. <laughs> okay. Um, my first adult fiction is called The Uncommon Reader by Alan Bennett. I'm pretty sure multiple people have recommended this to me, but this is about Queen Elizabeth and she's basically walking around Buckingham Palace and there's this traveling library outside and she takes out a novel and just suddenly she becomes obsessed with reading and she's kind of neglecting some of her duties because she's just devouring books. 
And that's honestly all I need to know to get totally hooked. <laughs> I think that it's something where she didn't even mean to take out the book. She got herself into like some awkward social situation. So she kind of is forced to take out a book, but she just absolutely loves reading and she has her little corgis and I've just heard amazing things about this book. So that's The Uncommon Reader by Alan Bennett. What's your next one? All right. My next one is called Let It Be Me by Becky Wade. And I've read the first one in the series. This is book two. And I absolutely loved it. So it it follows this storyline of, so these there are these, I think, five kids who got trapped in a cave. They were like on a mission strip. They got trapped in a cave during an earthquake and they all survive and they get out. And then it follows each kid through like their, they're now adults and their lives. So the first one was this girl named Genevieve. And that story was super, like it dealt with like, christians who struggle with addiction and so this one is about one of the other kids that was stuck in the cave with genevieve his name's sebastian and he was a foster kid and it's like yeah his story of as an adult and falling in love and so it's called let it be me by becky wade i love becky wade's book she's mm-hmm. i think one of my only contemporary authors that i read a lot of so yeah i'd say that's true just knowing you're reading the uh the series name is the misty river romance so okay i recommend them they're really good so my next adult fiction rec is ship of theseus by jj abrams doug dorst and vm straka this is a very unusual kind of premise and i'm just gonna read the (laughs) synopsis because i don't know how else to describe it One book, two readers, a world of mystery, menace, and desire. A young woman picks up a book left behind by a stranger. Inside it are his margin notes, which reveal a reader and transfer the story by its mysterious author. She responds with notes of her own, leaving the book for the stranger, and so begins an unlikely conversation that plunges them both into the unknown. The book, Ship of Theseus, the final novel by a prolific but enigmatic writer named vm straka in which a man with no past is shanghaied into a strange ship with a monstrous crew and launched onto a disorienting and perilous journey the writer straka the incendiary and secretive subject of one of the world's greatest mysteries a revolutionary about whom the world knows nothing apart from the words he wrote and the rumors that swirl around him the readers jennifer and eric a college senior and a disgraced grad student both facing crucial decisions about who they are who they might become, and how much they're willing to trust another person with their passions, hurts, and fears, as conceived by filmmaker J.J. Abrams and written by award-winning novelist Doug Dorst, is the chronicle of two readers finding each other in the margins of a book and enmeshing themselves in a deadly struggle between forces they don't understand. And it is also Abrams and Dorst's love letter to the written word. Hmm. Doesn't that sound so No, I want to read that. That sounds really good. It's just kind of has so many different layers and perspectives i don't even know how to so it's like a story but also two fictional characters thoughts on this story and on life yeah yes i think so interesting and they're communicating back and forth through it so it's almost like the ship of theseus is supposed to be the book that you pick up because that's what the cover it is like the cover itself just says ship of theseus by vm straka but then when you open it it's like it has all of the margins i don't know there's that's not a cool or i would look i don't know if they're like written in the margins or what but i want to get my hands on it that and is see what such it looks a like. cool concept i know i know yeah definitely on my tbr dang yeah our next genre is middle grade and so I picked Jack and Louisa Act Two 
Love. I got this one for my birthday two years ago, I think. Kirsten sent me the first one forever ago, and I read it and I loved it. It's about two kids in middle school who love to act, and the boy used to be on Broadway, and then he has to move because his voice is changing and he no longer like do theater. So his family moves, and he joins like a local community theater and starts acting again and meets this girl named Louisa. And so if you love theater, because I was a theater kid, it's just a fun little story about two friends doing shows together. So this is Jack and Lisa Act Two by Andrew Keegan Bolger and Kate Weatherhead. I love both the first and the second of those books. There's a third one. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes, I have to get it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my list to buy at some point and I need to read it. So my first middle grade, I'm so excited for this one. This is a middle grade graphic novel. It's called The Moth Keeper. And it is about this people and the girl, Anya. They um, are moth keepers and she is the protector of lunar moths. And it's very important. It like the lunar moths kind of fuel this flower that powers the entire village, basically. So like in order to be alive, like the lunar moths are super important to their um, life. To be a moth keeper, you basically only live in the night. And she starts to get really isolated and lonely, and she wants to break free from it. And she just longs for the sun's warmth, and she doesn't want to keep doing this, but she knows that it's super important to her village. So um, there's kind of this um, struggle between longing for a life of freedom and, and warmth and doing her duty um, and staying in the night with the moth. So it sounds magical and full of friendship and and um, the art looks stunning. So yeah, that's A Moth Keeper by Kay O'Neill. Awesome. My second one, I don't know if you consider this middle grade, but I do. It's The Wizard of Oz <laughs> by oh. L. Frank Baum. I have not read this. <gasps> I've only ever seen the movie. Oh, it's so different. Well, yeah, the book is the book is a little strange, but I've had this. Whoa, there's a bookmark in it. Um, I've had this one on my list for a while. So yeah, The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Most people know what it's about, so I'm not going to explain it. <laughs> it is very different from the movie, though. I enjoyed the book, but it was all. I have that ago. one, and I have Peter Pan. Oh, stop! I love that book. <laughs> Neither of which I have just so. <laughs> My last middle grade is called The House with the Clock in Its Walls by John Belairs and Edward Gorey. Unfortunately, Didn't they make that name. into a movie? I think so. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Um, I'm pretty but... sure it has Kate Blanchett in it. I don't but know. The House with clock, Clocks in the Wall? It's Yeah, it's called The House the... with the Clock in Its Walls. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did the, a movie of that like two or three years ago. Oh, yeah, there is a movie cover. Oh, my goodness, I've totally seen it, too. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, I'll just say the synopsis because I do want to. I mean, the movie was fine, but the book sounds a lot better, even though I haven't read it. But this book is about an orphan who goes to stay with his uncle, and he realizes that his uncle and next-door neighbor are magicians. And that's, like, super exciting to him. And then he starts to kind of do his own little magical experiments, and he accidentally resurrects the former owner of the house. And, that does sound funny. Yeah, and there's this timepiece, there's this clock in the walls that could be used to basically wipe out the human race. So that, there's oh, that. Lovely. <laughs> 
That is so funny. I totally forgot that this was a movie. And when I saw the cover, I totally remember watching that now. That's so funny. But I still want to read the book. So our last genre is nonfiction. So we're both going to recommend two for, for this one. Which I am very bad at reading nonfiction. So the odds of me actually finishing one of these are slim to Well, none. maybe I'll put it on my list then. <laughs> um, so my first one, I got this for Christmas this year. Um, it's called Holy. The pronunciation on the cover is H-Y-O-O-G-U-H. Huga? Huga? Huga. It's a uh, Norwegian or a Danish word. I think everyone pronounces it differently. I've it's, heard yeah. Higa, Huga, all of yeah. it. The idea is creating a comfortable like atmosphere with which to entertain people and host people. And this, I started this book, um, I got actually pretty far through it for me for nonfiction. But the idea is like before God, well, on the back, it says before God made humanity, he made a home for them. He built a sacred place and we can do the same. And it, the idea is to use your home as a sacred, safe place and have people over and host them, have hospitality in a way to minister to them and to create community. She talks about um, living in like Minnesota where it gets dark earlier than a lot of places and it's cold, you know, more than it is warm up there and how, how much of a struggle it was for her to build community when they were, her and her husband were newly married because she didn't understand this concept of Higa, which a lot of people up there do. It's having people in your home and mm-hmm. sharing a meal together and like yeah, doing life together in community which is something my small group here in my town does which is really cool the cover is what like like i saw so on amazon i'm like oh that cover's cute and then i read it and i'm like i want to read the, <laughs> the, the book so yeah holy i'm gonna say higa That's by funny. jamie erickson okay so my first nonfiction that i really want to read is called at home in the world reflections on belonging while wandering the globe by tish oxenreiter so this is a nonfiction about a family and they've been settled down for a while. They have three kids under the age of 10, but they decide to take a nine month long trip. And in the synopsis, they mentioned China, New Zealand, Ethiopia, England. But I know that there's a lot more places they go to in these nine months. And it's about the idea of home and how when you're um, kind of lost in the world and wandering around, how to feel at home and how to wander um, intentionally with a feeling of belonging, which is super important to me because I travel for long amounts of time too. And I think that this book would be really interesting to read while I'm traveling, especially in this next stage of of traveling that I'm about to do. So I would love to read this while I am gone in the next, gone for about three months. So there is a artist I like to listen to on Spotify whose mm-hmm. name his name's Brandon James Brandon James and he has a song called through our hands and it was like that that literal premise of like I don't oh. know if maybe he based it off these people but the idea is like they they travel around and live in different places with their kids oh and like talking about how life is like short and so like you hold on to your kids like they're got like the time is gone before you realize it so to make the most of every minute yeah. you have. and so you're talking about that I'm like that sounds like that song. <laughs> Can you send me the song? Yeah. That sounds good. I love I love this song. So my last book recommendation, TBR book, is Adorning the Darkness by Andrew Peterson. Thoughts on community, calling, and the mystery of making. It Basically, the story is like for any creative who 
wants to make something in a world that's broken and how you can proclaim the gospel whether or not your book is like a christian book that you're writing you can still speak truth into people's lives even if like it's not labeled as like a christian book and so this is a book that's been on my list for a while and using your gifts to further the kingdom and further truth and beauty and goodness through the arts so and the cover's pretty <laughs> again that isn't the reason i got enough strong motivator it's like, like like it's just hold on it's it just is lovely like, stunning like look at that it's like That's darkness lovely. but it has like the light anyways it's very pretty definitely um, follow the links in the show notes so you can see all of the pretty covers of the books we're talking pretty. about today <laughs> so this still needs to move up my list because i've had it for a while and yeah i haven't read it yet my last nonfiction book that I really want to get to is called Fostered, and it is by Tori Hope Peterson. Um, I was so excited when I heard that this book existed, and she's also on Instagram quite a bit and talks about those things there. But this is a book about f- the foster care system, and uh, she mm-hmm. is a biracial child, and I think that affected her experience in the foster care system a lot and she grew up in the foster care system she had a mentally ill mother and she lived in 12 different homes (laughs) and she just had a horrible you know horrible experiences and and a lot of stereotypes to face and um she found jesus and had this amazing journey and now she is um on the other side of foster care i believe she has foster children and she talks about adoption. Um, she talks about advocacy for the kids in the mm. system and mm-hmm. and God's role in it and God's view on it and about vulnerable populations in the foster care system. And I've read a few books that are fiction where the kids are in the foster care system. And obviously none of those books paint it in a <laughs> nice light. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I know that, you know, and my, my parent, my mother's family fostered when she was growing up as well. So I know that it is incredibly broken and incredibly difficult. And I would, yeah, I'm really interested in, in he- reading this book and hearing more about, um, yeah, more about what is little known or what is misconceived about the foster care system and, and what can be done about it and how, how we can improve that system. Yeah. We've had foster kids in our house and it's challenging and it's even more challenging working with a broken system because Mm -hmm. you want to be an advocate for those kids who are, you know, been through horrible, horrible situations. But then when the system isn't willing to work with you super well to help, these kids it gets even more yeah hard (laughs) yeah definitely that's awesome that she has that book so kind of both from the perspective of someone who's been in it and now someone who's dealing with it yeah for sure that's an interesting yeah yeah i'm excited to hear about the relationship between foster care and adoption as well because like that process is super interesting to me and knowing that I don't know. I'm interested in the statistic of how many foster care parents are fostering with the hope or intention of finding a child to adopt versus how many are fostering to like without that intention mm. or with bad intentions. Because I know a lot of people do foster with really bad intentions, which is why it's so broken, partly. Mm-hmm. 
but I think that's really cool that your family is fostering because I love Anna's family. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been challenging, but yeah. no. And there's a there's a number of people from my small group who have foster kids, and um, the one family is hoping to adopt them. Um, mm. There's just a lot of yeah legal stuff going on right now for them. For but, sure, yeah. Um, which is beautiful. Adoption is so beautiful. Mm. It's a it's a mirror of you know our adoption to yeah the family of christ so yeah makes me want to cry snaps (laughs) all right now we are going to go to our listener prompted recommendations i just feel like a radio host right now (laughs) (laughs) and now back to you anna okay that's more like (laughs) newscast um so we again put out a little query on our old enough for fairy tales instagram for some listener prompted recommendations so we have if you're not following you should go follow it should it's at old enough for fairy tales so these we're gonna pick from three three of these prompts and just recommend two for each of them so the first one is short stories that fall under the suspense slash thriller genre and I read a lot of suspense thriller short stories, and it is not, so she's just going to recommend short stories in general. So, yeah, I guess I'll start with one. I'm going to cheat a little bit and mention a series. Do you remember a few podcasts ago I talked about the Edgar Allan Poe stories that, like, started? So I discovered that he really did inspire Arthur, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle to write Sherlock. And oh, really? Doyle never even credited him for it, but other people have noticed too. And it's, yeah, so it was like the original That's inspiration. Funny. So Edgar Allan Poe created Sherlock, let it be known, and Watson <laughs> and Lestrade and like the whole d- dynamic t- through all I... of that. Oh, it's so bad now because I've watched the Sherlock, like the modern yeah. with Benedict Cumberbatch. So now when I read it, I literally just picture Benedict Cumberbatch I know. as Sherlock. That and it's like, that's not like he's based off of the anyways. Whatever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but this these these stories, one of them is The Murders in the Rue Morgue. One of them is The Purloin Letter. There's a third one that I haven't read. I don't know if there's more, but those are by Edgar Allan Poe. Quick mention that doesn't count as one of them. I just wanted to refer back to those. Okay. My actual first one is The Most Dangerous <laughs> Game by Richard Connell. I love this story. It's crazy. It's basically about this man who lives on this island and he hunts humans. Yep. All right. <laughs> What's yours, Anna? Wait, 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 wait. Back up. So so basically this guy gets kind of accidentally shipwrecked. He basically falls off his ship. And he's like, oops. And he ends up on this island. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I need to find people. And he notices that there are people living on it. Just these like two or a couple people and some servants. And the, he's invited into this, you know, the house that's on the island. And and he's like, we're going to go hunting together. And the guy starts talking. And he's like, I got so bored of hunting. I was like this world known hunter. And, and I just got so bored of hunting wild animals. So I decided to hunt a new kind of game. And the main character is like, um what kind of game and he's like oh the best most clever kind of game and he's like i hunt people <laughs> so scary Dude, i'm pretty sure that's a twilight zone premise what yeah i'm pretty it. sure that's this is an old 18? story yeah like an old 18 it's so good though the ending is so good if you're like i have literally watched something where that's the premise where they're <laughs> hunting humans yeah or maybe i who wrote it? 
uh, Richard Connell. Maybe I had to read that in high school. It's not. It's by no means horror. Like, it's a little scary, but it's not, like, terrifying or nightmare. I might have actually really read that ending. in high school. It's so good. I might have read that. So I don't read a lot of short stories or anything, but I have written for a online publisher because eventually like they do publish some of them in like an anthology collection but it's called havoc the website is gohavoc.com and they do different um themes they call them season themes and there's two themes each year and they have monthly prompts so i was in one called um animal kingdom me too and um yes and kirsten was too <laughs> i forget that we're published together that's so yeah cool. Anyways, <laughs> and so there's the monthly theme so like there was like um the one i was published under was soars and swimmers so that whole month it was based on animals that can fly or swim um but then each day of the week has a different prompt so there's like mystery monday techno tuesday wacky wednesday thriller thursday and fantasy friday and so you write like a story about something that can fly and it's a thriller so like maybe a dragon or a, attacking a town or whatever and it's a thousand words or less you write the story so i really love havoc and i love reading like each each day you can read it for free um and the story is archived and you can pay i think it's like five dollars five or ten maybe a little more a year and then you can go back and read like the backlog of stories too so there's a whole um, lot of yeah. mystery and thrillers um in there and they're really fun um just fun short like five minute reads so yeah. go havoc.com for it's like the it's like the snack version of books if books yeah, are a meal and they're so good this some is of them snack. are so <laughs> like my friend victoria wrote a thriller one about this like organization that's like um like the, they're called the editors or whatever and they like are finding typos and saving humanity and it's like really <laughs> complex but in a thousand words she creates this Ooh. world and she has like multiple um it's like a series so there's like multiple stories in the same world but like yeah. each story stands on its own and it's so good i haven't written anything for them in a while i wrote one last month beginning of this month well it's um, been a year for me so they're just it's really fun too as a writer to like okay i have to tell a complete arcing story in a thousand words mm -hmm. so it's like so really, challenging but it's also so good for like if you're stuck on like your manuscript or whatever you can like break out and write something completely different yeah and like get your creative juices flowing so you can come back to whatever you're working on yes and like, i so agree it mixes things up but it doesn't consume a bunch of time mm-hmm yeah okay my other short story recommendation is The Man Who Would Be King by Rudyard Kipling. This story is about, well, it's from the perspective of a guy who works at a newspaper, I think. But these two men basically come to him and they're like, we're going to go become kings in this foreign country. And he's like, "Um, okay, have fun. And they're like, okay, bye. And then they go. And then one of them, like a year or two later, one of them comes back and is like dying. And he's like... I'm going to tell you everything that happened. So it's basically the story of them going and trying to become kings and like a kind of like a quote unquote uncivilized territory that doesn't have like a legal system necessarily, I don't think, or it doesn't have like a monarch or a leader or a government or anything like that. That's what I mean by uncivilized, not like the people themselves. But um, 
I just mean they don't have like a setup system of, like a civil civil system yeah like they don't a, have civil, a, civil, a civil system government yeah <laughs> and it's really like kind of wacky and fun and and just strange and it kind of talks about pride and selfishness and greed a lot but also friendship and gosh that's sad but it's a good one so that's the man who would be king by Rudyard kipling so the next recommendation prompt we had was for books we read in our childhood like growing up years and my first recommendation that i immediately pulled um it's also one i want to reread um it's called my side of the mountain by gene craighead george this book when i tell you i read it and it made me want to run away to the mountains and live by myself as like a sixth grader this boy lives in new york city and he's just so tired of it that he literally arms himself with like the bare necessities and goes out and lives in the woods and he carves himself like this home out of this tree and he ends up like taming this baby like falcon or whatever like he gets it from the nest and he like imprints on it and teaches it but he like teaches it to like hunt for him and like go out and get food and stuff and he like like this kid like survives for like a year in the wilderness and okay. it is like the coolest story. <laughs> and like really good. Little, little Anna was like, yes, I'm going to go live in the woods. Cause I was like obsessed with like Robin Hood and like the woods and like yeah. foraging and being like this adventure. Um, I much prefer the comforts of home now. I am a hobbit. But um, <laughs> this story was so good and so much nostalgia. Like I got this copy for my birthday. Like I went out and bought it for myself for my birthday because it was one I had to read for language arts, and I loved it so much. Is this a classic? Because it sounds familiar. It is a Puffin modern classic, and it okay. won a Newbery Honor okay. Award thing. I'm putting it on my list because I want to read that. That sounds awesome. I love, but like, survival stories that aren't crazy. It's really not. Like, the boy just, like, learns to survive in the woods. Yeah. But there's a sequel called Far Side of the Mountain or whatever, I think. I read it, too. Yeah, On the Far Side of the Mountain is the sequel. Okay. Um, and then there's one from the perspective of the falcon, whose name's Frightful, Frightful's Mountain. Oh. And then she also wrote Jubilee of the Wolves. Okay. Which is a Newbery Medal winner. So. Wow. My first one is going to be no surprise to a lot of people, but it is The Door Within by Wayne Thomas Badson. <laughs> yes! Oh my gosh. Uh, this is uh, it's a trilogy. This is allegorical. It's basically about a boy named Aiden Thomas. I read these books so many times. And um, so Aiden basically has to move to his grandparents or grandfathers with his parents and help his grandfather around. And he's like, oh, he's like, a teenager and he's like oh my goodness i don't want to and he discovers these mysterious clay jars in his grandfather's basement and well you gotta know that everyone thinks his grandpa's crazy because he talks about this other world and like these these like prophecies or whatever and they're like yeah okay grandpa you're losing it yeah exactly and suddenly aiden is in that other world and it's called (laughs) alibol right alibol alibol yeah yeah. And 
he's like, what's going on? And there's knights and there's lands and there's dragons and there's all of these things. He's like, oh, no. And these people that look just like other people that he knows. Yeah. So basically in this world, there's glimpses. So it's kind of like your other self and um, everyone has a glint to their eyes. So it's either red blue or green and blue means that you're like a child of the king which like you belong to the king you're you're loyal to the the light which is like supposed to be god and then red means that you are loyal to darkness you've chosen like corruption and you fight for what is the bad guy's name i don't remember i don't know either i don't remember it it's definitely like a middle grade read because i reread it to my brother my middle grade brother and i was like these are not as masterful as I remember them being, know, but like they're still young, beautiful. It's just I know I love them. And then green is undecided, um, but you have to like just dis- you have to make a decision. You will you make die. a decision. Yeah. But he gets immersed in these lands. It's a trilogy. It's amazing. These books are amazing. Me, I have a some friends, and we would basically my brother would write scripts. We each had a character. Most of them were actual characters. He would write scripts based on these books in these worlds and we would act them out like, i want to see these fun. videos i don't we, we didn't film them oh you should have filmed them i know oh, it's so much we were fun. young and we would act out and basically like live through these adventures that were it was just <sighs> i i met mr batson at you Rome did Madrid. yeah and oh, i you said that i'm yeah. like i started writing because of those books like allegory fiction is what i started out writing mm-hmm. because there's just something so beautiful about it yeah and it was so cool to meet him anyways he also wrote isle of swords and isle of fire which are very yes good. which are so good but yeah. those are a little bit more ya i think yes yeah they're a little those bit are... more intense yeah although alex read those too there's anyways. a <laughs> solid torture scene in one of them really well done well like the start <laughs> of it the start of it the dude's literally been yeah flogged with a cat of nine tails which yeah Kill, to oh, kill you so yeah those books are so good though <laughs> they're so good all right so the last suggested prompt we're doing is um books with a quest type theme to them there's quite a few that i read with quests but the one that i have not talked about <laughs> yet um <laughs> is called profit by rj larson this is another allegorical type story where the main character ella is called by the infinite to be his messenger. And she at the start of the story, she kind of has to choose whether or not she's going to accept the call of the infinite. And then when she does, she has to go like speak his words to the, like the kingdom and the king or whatever. And I love it because she's called by him and has to do like his quest. Right. But then she's literally like all these different stories of the prophets in the old Testament rolled into one. So it's so cool to read it. And, like, figure out, like, oh, that's the story of Elisha, you know, and and this prophet, like, this story. And then this is, like, Jeremiah. Like, there's – I can't remember which prophet it is. There's, like, this fountain and it, it – or not fountain. It was a statue in the Bible and it gets, like, corrupted and, like, destroyed. And in this one, oh. it's, like, a fountain that's, like, this this – it's this beauty of the garden. And she, like, prophesies that it's going to, like, become disgusting and tore down or whatever. And then it happens and it's it's so cool. And then there's this other character in it that meets her. And it's a little bit more like romance. There's a little bit of romanciness in it. Romanciness. Romanciness. <laughs> but I love this story so much. And then there's two more. So there's Prophet. There's 
judge and there's king and like they follow like this one is the prophets of the old testament like the judges and i think there's a little bit of jonah in it too and then the third one's about like the king and there's like multiple characters that like overlap it's so good i'm gonna recommend another middle grade (laughs) and the reason is you read a lot more middle grade than i do well i read this a while ago so this book is called the first and it's the oh wait no the second book is called The First. The first book is called The Last. <laughs> I know that's confusing. I think the third one is called The Only. I have the second one. I've only read... Oh, maybe I have read both of them. I don't know. But I believe it's a trilogy, either that or a series. But the... <laughs> so it's the Endling series, and it's by Catherine Applegate, who I have met. Catherine Applegate also wrote The One and Only Ivan, Wish oh, Tree, okay. Crenshaw, some other other books like that. She is so nice. She's so sweet. She gave me some great writing advice. I talked to her about some different things, and she's just awesome. Um, but yeah, I I really like this book. This is definitely a quest book. Um, it's basically, um, it's considered like an animorph series. So it's you know animals, but they're changed like they're they're fantasy animals. So it's like this kind of dog. They're called Darns, like D A I R N E, and they're they walk upright. And they have all of these different unique qualities about them. But she is in a pack and she's the youngest member. The main character is named Bix. And her pack is, you know, unfortunately hunted down and and killed. That's not such a great part. But she's afraid that she is the last of her species, that she is the last, you know, Darren to exist. So she is trying to set out to find this alleged like safe haven. It's so cute. She's traveling with her little friend. I want to keep going. I don't remember if I've read one or two, but I loved it. It's so sweet. They're on this quest to find the rest of the species to get to the safe haven and they encounter all of these different kinds of creatures and interesting characters and lands along the way. So yeah, that is the Endling series by Catherine Applegate. Thank you for listening to Old Enough for Fairy Tales. I'm Anna. Find me at Anna underscore Augustine underscore author on Instagram. And you can find me, Kirsten, at bookishly underscore aesthetic on instagram and our podcast account on instagram is at old enough for fairy tales thank you so much for listening friends my toilet's name is bartholomew